Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Let me go ahead and get this turned down. What is going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into episode 83 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Much love and respect to everybody out there that has been listening to the show and has been sharing it. And if you can't get enough of Do Rags and Boat Shoes, I got some good news for you guys. Just listen uh, at the end of the show. So make sure you listen all the way in at the end of the show to see how you can get more of do-rags and boat shoes so before we get started on this good old summer jam screen i have to do first things first is a shout out to my uh, lovely wife for uh not only holding me down but holding down the the culture or being a critical thinker and being woke like my wife was always woke and radical but i think uh her and i together we just really kind of took her wokeness or her her being conscious to a new level to another level to kind of critically think about um forward thinking spaces or all-inclusive spaces to kind of see the fuckery that goes on in there if that makes sense you know i feel like she was at the level of you know being all-inclusive and fighting for other people's rights who don't look like her and um you know challenging the system and the establishment but now it's to the point where you have to challenge the thinking of those leading the uh resistance or leading the fight so right now she's uh going for a master's degree um just toughing it out being a beast and uh you know doing work during the school year and going to you know night classes and now she's uh beasting it out in the summer so she'll have her master's in uh education uh coming up which is gonna be fucking fly and dope and i'm so proud of her but one of the classes that she's taking is a class on i forgot the name of it and i need to get it from her but uh, it's about uh, race classism um just different uh non-white people's experience in america so she has to read all these like teen uh books that uh tell different perspectives of lives of uh people of color and uh books written by people of color non-white people and uh one of the activities the professor uh had her class do had my wife's class do was you know it kind of that she wanted to challenge them and have them uh critically think or look at and examine the uh blm website the black lives matter website and you know me and my wife had many discussions at night about you know uh what's the real motive of this organization and things of that sort because it's starting to the further that we get down the road and the more money that they're getting it's starting to look funny in the light and uh so my wife is is examining the website and she you know tells her teacher you know when it comes to her what did she see what did she 
you know what stuck out to her and she was saying that you know on that solutions page that they have about what their intentions are and how to do this and that and the third there's no uh there's no wording or uh inclusion of black men <clears throat> and this is an organization that built you know pretty much its name off the backs of dead black men so to speak you know that's how it just gained attention from these three lesbian women and um you know there she says there's no mention of black men on this website it mentions everyone else in the black community except for black men it talks about black gay men and queer men in the lgbt uh q community but it doesn't say anything about the black men you know being in the home or anything like that trying to get the black man back into this home and all this other stuff but there was actually a recent report that came out uh was it 2016 or 2015 either a year or two years ago that a study uh on american fathers showed that black men spend the most time with their kids in america so this narrative has to change about black men not being there for their kids but anyway so she's she's so she's challenging her professor on this and her professor feeds her with you know the organizations or organize organizers creators the three lesbian women who started blm they don't want to be erased and we've been hearing this a lot and uh she proceeds to make a comparison to uh the song hound dog you know you ain't nothing but a hound dog which was originally sung by a sister and then the song was stolen by elvis presley so this is the kind of rhetoric that's being told in the academy you know my wife had a great question and uh you know a great analysis like hey it's not mentioning anything about you know black men black fathers being in the home in the community and you know you need both parents to actually you know uh get community building started because it starts in the home then it spreads out to your neighborhood then your neighborhood morphs into a community then it turns into a nation right so like i said this is the kind of rhetoric that's being told in the academy and it's comparing the deaths and the importance of black men in the community to a stolen song so to me you know some fuckery is afoot and it seems like the narrative right now is to dismiss our brothers that's in prison and those that are dying in the street. I feel like people are just tired of hearing about it. So it's like, let's focus on this new hip wave of the of, you know, these black women leaders, how hard black women ride for us. And I'm not taking anything away from that. Um, but it seems that's going to be the main focus is focusing just on the black women and then it's just like so many black boys and men are dying out here in these streets but i feel like people are just kind of tired of that narrative it's not hip it's not sexy um you know it's it's just not it's not the wave it's not garnering as much attention as what's happening right now um what's going on in the world and what's being a uh, spotlighted on huffington post or buzzfeed and shit like that with these white liberal um mediums or um whatever you want to call it media okay and so um it's it's just very odd and uh the brother uh dr uh thomas j curry he's talking about this he has a book that's coming out in july called the man not basically just breaking down how you know the black man black boys are not really men in america and just going through the historical um the historical uh, documents and incidents going through historical incidents i should say of black men uh being raped uh by uh, white slave masters or during the jim crow era uh being 
uh, raped by uh, female slave owners, being raped by white women, and then, you know, ended up being lynched. And he has just so much information about that and then the effect that it has on black men and boys black boys growing into black men and also uh speaking about how uh no one is talking about you know black boys being molested in our own community and outside by outsiders of the community by you know uh fellow black men and black women and uh so i i'm definitely gonna pick up the book um you know do a youtube search of this brother and just some of the interviews that he has he has some very interesting things to say and just one thing that that's just kind of sticking out to me is just what is going on right now with uh this whole you know we'll talk about a black man dying but let's focus our attention on you know the uh the the outsiders of the black community or not not even the outsiders of the black community but the minorities within the minorities i should say so it's like focusing on gay black women uh trans women and things of that sort so it's just very odd that it's, it's starting to kind of make its way into the academy right now and i feel that uh twitter has a huge uh reason for that happening right now and uh one point that uh dr curry makes is a lot of times if he's you know trying to debate with uh some of these uh people on twitter of uh, black twitter you know they'll start throwing uh blogs at him as references as opposed to him throwing out like real cdc statistics about what's going on in the black community and the effects of that and then they'll just try to write him off with some kind of sassy blog and shit like that so it's something that we really have to pay attention to of what's going on right now because you need both of us you need the black man and you need the black woman to actually get this thing popping and to actually get this fight going in the right way in the right direction but then that brings me back to these these activist groups how many fucking groups do we need to push the black agenda because so many of them are corrupted right now by white money that ain't shit being done you know what i'm saying it's uh that's the main problem right now is there's too many damn organizations they want dollars and attention while losing sight of what they act losing sight of why they actually started organizing and that is the main damn fight and our sister uh shahrazad ali she speaks about this if you look up a, a a youtube video um she was on uh doc uh the brother carl nelson's show and she was talking about this was uh right when trump got elected uh back in november or might have been december and she was just talking about it why do we need another organization the organizations that we had in the past didn't do a damn haven't worked what makes you think a new organization is going to work now they all have the same most of them have the same basis and principles just a different acronym or a different name we can organize we can create an organization all day long but the problem is she didn't say this but the problem is you know it's just too much outside funding to these organizations and then they start losing fight losing sight of why they started organizing and they start fighting everybody else's fight losing sight of the original fight but anyways we're gonna start moving on to this good old summer jam screen i didn't mean to rant for that long before we got to the summer jam screen but you guys know I talked about the case of Zachary Bearhills uh, last week. This was the young man, the young native man who was uh, murdered by Omaha police, mentally handicapped. He was tasered to death. I don't know if that's the official cause of death, but it probably is. 
so there's four officers involved in this case you got scott payne ryan mcclarity jennifer strudel and Makayla mead and the uh chief of police he's he's saying that uh two of the cops need to be fired uh people are speculating that it's the two male cops the black cops uh they're both black cops scott payne and ryan mcclarity um and that just it you know they they murdered this man one of the cops a story came out uh, earlier this week and one of the cops uh he he would continually um turn off his uh his body cam when uh doing something with a suspect or something of that sort and uh you know numerous people said that they uh saw you know uh one of these uh these cops you know keep continue to taser uh mr bear hills and the other one was dragging him by his head and uh like kicking him supposedly and you know i don't think if these two cops were white let's just keep it 100 there would be a full-on investigation before the chief of police would come out and say anything but this came super quick i just talked about it last week a few days later chief of police came out with his recommendation saying they both should be fired and that the opd uh fucked up he didn't say fucked up but they screwed up big time or something to that extent and uh you know it is what it is and i just want this to be a warning and a lesson to these black officers out here trying to uphold that blue wall uh, you know, you keep on pushing up against that blue wall to hold it up. It'll crumble right on you and it'll crush you. And to the listeners, uh, you know, I'll keep monitoring this story to keep y'all updated to see what is actually going on. So uh, moving forward, let's see. Uh, I guess congratulations to Ice Cube, you know, for getting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He also has some choice words for Bill Maher. And um, he was on his show uh, was that last Friday. And this was after coming on the heels of uh, Bill Maher being so smug and calling himself a, a, a house nigga. And, you know, uh, Ice Cube just broke it down and just said that, you know, some folks get too damn comfortable. And, you know, they lay up with a black woman, might have a few black women, and one of them might have made him a glass of Kool-Aid. And he think he has a pass to say that. And, you know, I appreciate Ice Cube saying that, but I didn't appreciate Cube saying that he accepted his apology because fuck that. You know, this this whole I accept your apology shit. No, I'm good. God forgives. I don't. You know, it's just too many times where uh, Bill Maher has played the um, the ultra liberal. um, But he's just shown so many times just saying so slick shit against black folks and then against uh muslims muslims and uh just just so much just derogatory bullshit just no fuck out of here i do not accept your apology not at not at fucking all and um you know and i had some pushback from last week for uh you know calling out dr dyson and said that he was out here selling hope like dope you know for him caping so hard for um for uh, Bill Maher what's that yeah the white man Bill Maher and uh you know one thing I forgot to talk about was how his wife you know uh Dr. Dyson's wife she tweeted out you know as a member of the nigger clan and she put an ER on it I'm more concerned about the niggers killing niggers in Chicago than self-named house nigger Bill Maher so she really came out here 
and hit us with the what about black on black crime in Chicago. She just put it together. She didn't say what about black on black crime. She just said the niggers killing niggers in Chicago. And John Legend tweeted to her, we can do without you parroting Fox News talking points. And, you know, I still stand by uh, what I said about Dr. Dyson. You know, I had quite a quite a bit of a pushback from a few people. I had some Facebook messages, um, even had a had a couple emails about it, you know, and, you know, I, it's my opinion, you know, but, you know, sometimes my opinion is going to be unpopular. And what I say about Dr. Dyson is I feel that, you know, he wants to just keep um, reaching that white liberal crowd or the white moderate that's on the fence you know really don't want to do shit and he still want to be in these white spaces so he can sell these damn books now you see how his wife is thinking and you know the wife is the reflection of the man so what is dr dyson saying behind closed doors now i know he's done some good for the community in the past but has that dollar corrupted this brother has the dollar in the spotlight corrupted him let's go back to what i said about organizations a lot of time once that money starts rolling in they forget why they were doing what they were doing in the first place so that could be the case with dr dyson and it's just a situation where i don't trust him when you have a situation where you're so forgiving so quickly on somebody uh doing something uh so bigoted or racist you know uh, such a scathing word like the word nigger you know being said from some white lips to be so quick to forgive that just shows me that you know you're not down to fight the good fight and it shows that you're willing to put those dollars over your people and it shows that you can be compromised now you can come over here reciting biggie lyrics and pop lyrics all damn day you know to try to reach the youth the youth them you know my drake fake patois shit on the youth them you can try to reach the youth all damn day until the cows come home but when it's time to start organizing and getting shit together i'm gonna sit you out sit your ass off in the corner that's just what it is you know i'm gonna be looking at you funny in the light you can stay over there you're probably one of those people if shit really went down and hit the fan you know like a protest was about to jump off or some shit like that it's just like hey you know stay at home be with your families just kind of calm down you know try to dissipate that energy of all these riled up youths and things like that and it just shows that somebody could slip a couple dollars in your pocket and you could dissipate the energy of a movement or uh, provide some uh, great intel, you know, on the movement to uh, dissolve it. So that's why I say what I say about Dr. Dyson. But um, going back to, you know, this whole Bill Maher situation, I hate that I'm still talking about this. But, you know, um, just kind of tying some more stuff in. The Black Panther uh, movie trailer just dropped during the NBA Finals um, a few days back. And then there was articles coming out. Uh, about white folks complaining about how black the black panther movie is now let me give some people some background about this so black panther is a superhero uh marvel comic superhero this uh brother is named t'challa and he's a he's the he, well actually he's the king now but he was the prince of wakanda and then his father died passed it on to him and he was he has to protect wakanda so basically wakanda is a country in africa and it produces uh, a, a, a mineral or a substance called vibranium and that's what captain america's shield is made out of now if you look at the old captain america movies and things like that they said there was only you know uh tony stark who was iron man's dad uh iron man's dad tony stark's dad so it was it tony stark's i don't know what the fuck tony stark's dad's name is but uh, iron man's daddy made the shield and that was the only piece of vibranium that he had but 
it's you know it's actually hidden in wakanda wakanda is the richest country in the world t'challa is like fucking like 50 times richer than batman and iron man due to these natural resources and it's a very uh technologically advanced country in africa and it's in fucking africa okay so that's all you need to know this in africa it's very rich you know kind of like how africa is today but the people control the resources not like in real life where the black people do not control these diamond mines gold mines um the other precious metals that make our cell phones and shit like that they don't control them they just work in them but in the comic books they actually control and own the resources but it's hidden in the jungle and the black panther is the protector of wakanda his whole suit is made out of vibranium which is bulletproof and all this other crazy shit it's like a very lightweight metal but it's still heavy duty at the same time so you got some backstory so white folks are mad that this movie is in africa and there's very little white folks in this movie and i am saying to y'all why does whiteness need to be included in every fucking thing y'all had the same complaints with luke cage and i remember watching luke cage i didn't even think twice i was just like oh this is dope it's shot in harlem you know shot in the east coast in new york like i just thought it was like oh okay he's just shot in yeah i didn't think about color kind of like how y'all have y'all just regular ass movies and not you know y'all don't see the big deal about white egyptians or a white moses and shit like that or a white cleopatra so it and like and i just said something just you know kind of profound that whiteness you know it wants to be included in all parts of society every single part uh, it has to dominate every single part and uh nilly fuller talks about this um it's just pretty much everything from religion sex war education entertainment and there's a few more out there that whiteness wants to dominate so whiteness has to be included in every and all parts of society but it doesn't want to return the sentiment you know and that's why whites get so uptight and so angry about the word nigger and being called out for it. no no white person wants to be called racist but they get so mad that you know that black folks turn that into a, a term of endearment we make it sound cool in these songs and they get so mad about it they said well if we can't say it nobody should be able to say it they should just make it illegal it's such a nasty word but that's not really them wanting to you know get rid of the word it's just like okay if i can't have it nobody should be able to fucking have it and this is like the one thing that black folks have that white folks you know get so mad about that they cannot have now i would gladly trade you the privilege of saying the word nigga if you trade if you give me all of your all of the power and resources that you have all the money and resources you have if y'all want to go ahead and say nigga until you know the cows come home or make your teeth white like paul mooney how he says it every morning go ahead just you know give me all the resources the uh the uh, political power and the money i mean i will take all that you know because we control one half of one percent of the world's wealth and you know you guys pretty much control what 99 percent 99 almost 99 percent of that so yeah let's go ahead and make a swap happen i will have a lawyer draw up a contract and you just let me know what it is okay but that's but that's just crazy right just thinking about this just how whiteness wants to be included in everything and dominate everything in society it doesn't want to return the sentiment but the one thing that it cannot do 
it say the word nigga freely as black folks say it so they just want to get rid of it that's and that's one of the main arguments you'll see on everything from the uh, most uh, right-wing Fox News show to the most liberal post on Facebook they all on the same page about it it's such a nasty word let's get rid of it okay well if that's the case let's just burn this whole shit down and then we'll all just start from scratch okay and you know what's funny uh, about me talking about resources and things like that a very interesting thing Dr. Claude Anderson said is just how the the playing field is starting to get level now but white folks have such a crazy head start so he said in the beginning you could just to break it down in simplest terms it's like a white person has a thousand dollars black folks ain't got nothing so you're fighting for years fighting for years and they still building up that money they got about two thousand dollars now then the government's like okay enough with this so here's five dollars for you white man here's five dollars for you black man but the thing is white man got two thousand and five dollars and you got five dollars so how is that even <laughs> so that's just just something to think about but um just keep that in mind just how whiteness wants to be included and dominated in every aspect of our society from sex to religion to politics to war um you know to entertainment but it doesn't want to return that sentiment so just just think about that if and like nilly fuller nilly fuller says if you don't understand racism you're going to be confused for the rest everything else will confuse you if you don't understand racism everything else in america or even the world will confuse you and speaking of whiteness we're going to stay on this page the white civil war is still raging on uh, we are seeing something that I've never seen before. I don't know if y'all seen it before, but an extreme leftist who took up arms and opened fire on Republicans who were part of a congressional baseball team who were practicing earlier this morning. Uh, 66-year-old James T. Hodgkinson from uh, Belleville, Illinois, tried to kill right-wingers due to the election of the Cheeto-in-Chief. He was armed with a rifle and a handgun. He died in a shootout with police. But he did manage to shoot a Republican House representative named Steve Scalise, and he, he caught a hot one in the hip. And what's interesting about Steve uh, Scalise, shout out to uh, MelanoidNation.org, they actually ran a story about him with references to different articles. Uh, this was a this is a white supremacist right here. Um, a couple years ago, there was an article written about him, kind of doing like a uh, I don't know, a profile of him and uh, about him. Uh, being arms in arms with David Duke and then him uh, speaking at a white supremacist rally and he said that he's like David Duke but without the lug, uh, the baggage and David Duke you know he was a clan leader and he's still out on Twitter just praising Donald Trump and shit like that so that's interesting that this man went to shoot up some right wingers and he hit a white supremacist in the hip who's a house representative and um Going back to uh, James Hodgkinson, his Facebook page had a petition shared to his wall in which he captioned it's time to destroy Trump and co company. So the pussy grabber of America spoke out against this crime, but never spoke out about these white supremacist killings like the guy who traveled from Baltimore to New York to kill that brother, that homeless brother and said that he wanted to kill some big black buck who had white women on his arms, but he pussed out and killed the homeless black man and all this other shit. And there was other racialized killings and uh things of that sort but the president never spoke out about that which is odd but fact of the matter is um so these white folks they fed up they fed up with the establishment they fed up with each other 
Um, folks are saying that he was a Bernie bro, and they're trying to deflect from the fact that white people, specifically those in extremist extremist groups, are the biggest domestic terrorist threat to our soil, and they are. So we as black people and other groups and non-whites really do, like I always say, need to sit back and worry about each other. You know, let them rage against each other till the cows come home because this really isn't our fight. It's not. And I'll talk about another situation in a hold this L. But um, let's move on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the LGBTQQIAAP, which is uh, the queer community. Uh, they, uh, the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, I can't remember what the other T's and the, one of the Q's mean queer, uh, one means ally, one means asexual, but yeah, LGBTQQIAAP, they re- has revealed a new flag that actually adds brown and black stripes to represent those of color, you know, who feel that they have been silenced in the movement, but there's been some pushback. And who's the pushback coming from? White gay men, minorities and the majority. Um, so, I mean, you can go online and look at the articles. Just look up uh, LGBTQ flag ads brown and black colors and just look at the comments. You can look at the, uh, the social media anywhere, Facebook, uh, Twitter, just everything. So a lot of the, the main comments I'm seeing is there's already enough color on the flag. And then somebody said, what about a white stripe? Would that be racist? And, uh, you know, it really hurts my heart to see my queer brothers and sisters, you know, fight this fight. Uh, It's like you're trying to integrate into a minority group that the majority in that group only wants to, you know, slum with you, have sex with you, you know, party and do drugs or use you to push their agenda. So before, you know, uh, gays had the right to marry and things of that sort they were really kind of pushing they were arm in arms with black folks and shit like that now it seems like since this uh this law has passed you're seeing more and more articles and stories come out about the uh racist ideologies and practices in the gay community there was a story um I, this flag is in philly i believe in pennsylvania and they were talking about there's a there's a district called the gayborhood like neighborhood and um there were practices to basically discriminate against you know uh blacks at these gay clubs and shit like that okay and they had some of the same practices that these so-called straight clubs had you know uh finding out what popular items that black folks wear what popular clothing i should say that black folks wear then they would kind of write notes on the door and ban that then a story came out about one of the bar owners or one of the security guards in one of these bars saying some uh racial epithets and shit of that sort so that's why i say it really hurts my heart you know to see my queer brothers and sisters fight this fight because it's like you're trying to integrate into a minority group that the majority in that group so the whites in that group only wants you to slum with so when i say slum with you know don't take this as a as a as a diss because you know the straight ones do it too i mean just look at race play you know that's all you got to look at and then look at how many stories come out of a white man dating a black woman and he does some racist shit to her or um some white woman uh delayed up with a brother and got some kids and you know she up here uh slandering the kids and you know shitting on them don't know how to do their hair and all this other shit and um so not only 
you know are my queer brothers and sisters you know catching hell from the straight dominant society but they catching hell from those that are shunned by the straight dominant society so you catching double hell but i mean one day we'll figure it out but i can't even say that because we know what is what, what it is that we need to do but we won't do it it's nothing violent it's just us coming together supporting each other and building a nation within a nation you know it is what it is that's pretty much all i gotta say about that but you know i feel for my queer brothers and sisters out there um you know keep fighting your fight but at the same time this whole trying to integrate and you know be one big kumbaya i mean sometimes you just gotta charge folks off and focus on yourselves you know you know i got your back though i'll tell you that right now all right so i guess we're gonna end the summer jam screen just on some celebrity news little bit of a lighter note i was a little bit heavy i was probably what god damn we already 30 minutes into this uh joint but um so i'm gonna talk about monique and sydney's podcast monique uh the you know the comedian and her husband sydney they have a podcast called monique and sydney's open relationship and uh they have an episode where they talk about a recent phone call with tyler perry so now we all seen the clip of mo telling the jokes uh talking about lee daniel and uh oprah and uh, tyler perry she said if she had a dick she would tell them to suck it you know they suck my dick if i had one and uh you know tyler perry didn't take too kindly to that uh sydney said that he called them up you know he kept call he kept getting a phone call from a number that he didn't know and uh it was tyler and you know tyler perry was trying to play the big man role the big billionaire trying to be intimidating and shit like that talking to sydney and uh monique said she got on the phone and said you ain't gonna do that let me talk to that real bitch uh medea because <laughs> because tyler perry is fake <laughs> and both of them are so real like you see how it works because they're both very honest people and for them to put their lives out on you know just out on the podcast of them just being so real is something i appreciate and it's something so real about monique that you really just have to appreciate and so they're talking about her being blackballed and the reason that she's being blackballed is because of the movie precious which is crazy as shit right so she won this academy award but before you know oprah and lee daniels and tyler perry wanted her to be out here campaigning for the oscar and things of that sort and she really didn't want to do that uh, she just wanted to focus on the movie and not being out here you know skinning and grinning i think this was before she won the oscar or even after i don't know but tyler perry was telling uh, monique that you know this is how much uh, white actresses get after winning and uh after winning and an oscar so her stock is going to go up and all this other shit and you know they had a falling out her and tyler had a falling out because she was talking about you know how low these black actresses are still being paid like octavia spencer taraji p henson um viola davis and how they do such great work and tyler was talking about well i've paid taraji p henson more than anybody in this um you know in this in the studio has ever paid her and then monique came back and was like but is it on the same scale as her white counterparts as the white actresses and he was like no but i still have paid her more and she was like but do you think that is right you know do you think she was worth what you paid her 
and that's what really just got him kind of you know kind of flustered and that's when you know we started hearing these stories about monique got blackballed because she don't know how to play the game so i guess playing the game means you know taking that that low cut of money and she was basically pressuring those big three like oprah oprah should know what it's like being a black woman in hollywood and moving in this entertainment realm lee daniels and tyler perry and so she was putting pressure on them to start paying you know actors and actresses their you know what they're actually worth and on on par with their uh, white counterparts to change the narrative in hollywood and influence other studios and directors and uh produce executive producers to start paying black actresses what they're actually worth and there i don't see anything wrong with that and uh you know they're so they're talking about they're talking about the phone call and uh, you know tyler perry's agreeing with everything that she's saying but he she said just come and then so sydney gets back on the phone and he's telling tyler that you know just tell just tell the truth you know tell them what we told you you know and he's like well i got this big project coming up you know and I, i'll do it after that and then it's just some bullshit so he wants to so they didn't like that and i don't like it either so they're they were putting pressure on tyler to just come on out and you know tell the damn truth because monique and sydney have taken a, a huge hit in the pockets now this is an oscar winner this woman didn't want a goddamn oscar and essentially she has been blackballed by three black prominent figures in the industry so now all of a sudden it's talking about monique is difficult to work with but i couldn't find a story i didn't i haven't heard anything about monique being difficult on the set before precious so you know what so what's the deal you know what i'm saying if if she's just trying to hold everybody to a higher standard and for them to set the standard why would you blackball this sister but i'm gonna just say you know y'all need really need to listen to that podcast because she, she has some great stories too and she was talking about how uh gabby Sidibe, how there was a there was an event and uh lee daniels didn't want to uh, get her hair and makeup done and monique actually sent her own team out of her own money to go take care of gabby and uh you know have her face beaten have her hair looking right then there was another incident where uh lee daniels was flying uh gabby out to Cannes for the debut of precious at the Cannes uh film film festival and uh monique wasn't gonna make it but she you know she asked she asked uh, lee like how you flying around she's like oh a coach and she was like no no we big girls you need to go and put her up in first class don't even do that to her so lee daniels had to come up out of pocket to uh put gabby in first you know in a, a first class seating and those seats are very comfortable i know about that very comfortable that's how i flew back from uh from hawaii on one of the flights back home well from the flight from uh washington to home to uh, omaha very comfortable very comfortable very wide feels like you're sitting in the damn lazy boy it's beautiful but just go and listen to this and just listen to how real it is i'm definitely going to subscribe to this podcast uh, and it's called uh, monique and sydney's uh open relationship and they take calls and they just it's just so real you know like i said a few episodes back about five six episodes back when i was talking about the uh the denzel and viola davis movie uh, it's slipping my mind right now uh fences uh how 
it's just it just the movie feels like you just watching somebody's life and it's making you uncomfortable but at the same time you appreciate it this is how the podcast is they're just so real and you just feel like you sitting up at a family function listening to your aunt and your uncle you know just shoot the shit back and forth and drop jewels while they shooting the shit and telling real life stories so definitely listen to that and i don't know why it's almost 40 minutes on that damn summer jam screen but hope what you gotta say don't be the next contestant on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right thank you so much tyrone biggums for that great introduction and selling hope like dope and selling hope like dope this week has to be uh um officials in uh illinois uh what more specifically republican governor bruce rauner r-a-u-n-e-r so you know i initially had this uh as not all heroes wear capes and i'll you know let me get this story out and you can see why i had it almost almost as uh not all heroes wear case but as you can see there's a very fine line and you know you'll see why it's a fine line so shout out to all those involved with trying to change the cash bail system in chicago and in the state of illinois So, the Bail Reform Act was signed into law by Republican Governor Bruce Rauner, or Rauner, Rauner, I believe it is. Um, So, this means that the people of Illinois who commit low-level offenses will not necessarily have to post a cash bail, which is dope. Um, So, this law would urge judges to use other forms like electronic home monitoring, curfews, counseling, stay-away orders, and in-person reporting if a monetary bail is set and the accused cannot come up with the um amount of amount a mandatory rehearing on the bail must be held within seven days so that's why i originally had it all you know not all heroes wear capes i was going to shout out this republican governor but i was like let me do a little bit more research so that's all fine and dandy but also part of this legislation is a five-year extension of the illinois street gang and racketeering influence and corrupt organization law aka the rico that law was supposed to expire later this month okay back in 2012 this law raised eyebrows because this is essentially a federal law being used at a state level this is the rico law So what that means is that a gang or a group of black men, remember a group of black or brown men will be labeled and rounded up as a gang if a case cannot be solved or if the DA is up for election. So keep that in mind. So a gang can be charged individually for crimes like drug possessions, weapon charges, but the RICO also lets you tack on additional charges such as racketeering, which carries about a 20 year sentence on top of the individual charges. And racketeering is nothing more than hand-to-hand money without Uncle Sam getting its cut. But with the RICO, it has something called racketeer influence. So that means that a gang leader could order a hit out on somebody and everyone in that damn gang could be charged with that murder. So let's break this down. Somebody gets shot in a black neighborhood. It makes the news headlines. It's election year for the mayor. He or she is coming down hard on the police chief. And we all know that shit rolls downhill. So now you got detectives and cops searching for answers. And someone snitches. Someone just or someone bullshitting on a cash tip says it's a somebody's a paid informant. 
Uh, they said it's a brother rocking a blue hoodie that pulled the trigger. So cops roll up and swarm a group of crips. And while you doing so, while doing so, you know, you just happen to be walking to the park to meet up with some friends, rocking your Golden State Warrior Steph Curry jersey, the away color, so it's blue. Officer Piscatelli sees you and arrests you, lumping you in with the Crips, and you can't afford, can't afford a good lawyer, and now you're facing a murder charge. So that's fucked up, ain't it? And this, this has happened before, where they just lump a whole group of uh, black men together and be like, yep, somebody in this group is the leader. They ordered the hit on such and such, charge them all with conspiracy, charge them all with uh, murder. So... On the front end, it looks like this is a great thing. You know, black folks are like hooting and hollering. Yeah, this is amazing. And it is. But on the back end, it's like, oh, we're extending the RICO law, which is a federal law. It was actually put in effect to take on people like the mafia and like those uh, drug cartels during the Pablo Escobar years and things of that sort. Right. So now you got the RICO law being extended and already segregated the most segregated uh, major city in America is Chicago. So now you have a federal law being used as a, at the state law at the state level and it's going to be extended for five more years. So just keep this in mind. Five years from now, 2022, you're going to see some kind of bill that's supposed to help low level offenders or something like that or uh some kind of federal funds uh being used at a state level but on the back end they will keep extending this damn rico law so always read the fine print so that's why i say the governor of illinois bruce rauner is out here selling hope like dope so don't always believe the hype you know you think there's hope there but it's nothing but some dirty ass dope Fuck. This portion of Durags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, so moving on to holding this L, let's talk about this uh, alt writer meets real right wing extremist video. So if you haven't seen this video, uh, I'll, I'll describe it a little bit. So a group of 10 toes down, I will go to war with the federal government right wing extremist extremist in Houston. They held a rally to keep the statue of Sam Houston up after fake stories started coming out about the removal of the statue, you know, due to like uh, cities in like New Orleans um, were taking down Confederate statues and things of that sort. The removal of the uh, flag in South Carolina, the stars and bars flag. So Sam Houston was a slave owner. Uh, honorary Cherokee Indian helped bring Texas into the United States and the city of Houston is named after him. So anyways, this armed rally by these white terrorists had been infiltrated by an Internet Nazi, a.k.a. an alt-writer, and he's there with a flag with the sun and rad on it or black sun a sign and red is a black sun and it's uh it's shaped like a sun but the middle has a swastika in it and the uh the nazis used it so the flag looks just like an american flag but instead of the stars being in the blue portion up in the corner it's the black sun and i told y'all about white supremacy disguising itself as patriotism no true patriot would disrespect the american flag like that so that is just more proof for y'all just a little side note so anyway, this 
this clown is at this rally with all these Pepe the Frog memes and posters and he's trying to make friends with these I'll shoot a beaner in the gonads if he tries to take my job white armed extremist so they see the fuckery and they tell him to go to hell on with that shit pretty much and one guy yells this ain't comic con and the art writer who has you know who only has friends on 4chan keeps replying but what about the memes these are good memes and he starts going through the posters that he didn't you know used his little money from his mom and dad to uh, color all night so one of the oath keepers you know which is an armed white supremacist group you know they was actually down in ferguson some time back on some bullshit pretending to be there to keep the peace but honestly i believe they were down there to cause some sort of confusion between protesters and the police so during that confusion they could pick off innocent black people kind of like how armed militias was down in new orleans during uh katrina just picking off black folks but anyways one of the oath keepers you know yokes him up for about five seconds throws him in a chokehold then they kick him up out the rally now what's interesting about this is the person that posted the video to youtube calls out the guy's nationality or ethnicity i can't remember the difference between the two right now who choked the alt writer so the video on youtube is titled latino oath keeper chokes alt-right white nationalists in texas so now off rip you know when a bigot sees this video he's going to question why a white latino aka a brown person is choking a pure white man while all these other white people stand around and watch pretty smart right but anyways everyone involved has to hold this l this is a continuing civil war even the racists are fighting with each other so the alt writer who couldn't make real world friends he has to hold this l and them damn hillbillies for uh still falling for fake news your leader the cheeto in chief calls everything fake news and y'all can't decipher what the fuck is what you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes i have to give it to y'all the listeners the family the fam the clique the gang for supporting me over these 83 episodes uh, really gaining some traction here and my gift to you will be more episodes of durags and boat shoes but it's going to be a little bit unorthodox uh, you guys will be able to catch me on an app called bumpers so what i need you guys to do is to download this app called bumpers so what bumpers is it's a community of audio broadcast and you listen to the broadcast directly from the app and you guys can also uh, start your own broadcast on that app too so i would advise y'all if you want to get into the podcast game i know a few of my friends would like to jump into it but they really don't have the equipment go ahead and jump on bumpers and so what bumpers is it's uh it's like i said it's a community of broadcasts from everything from comedy to politics and everything in between uh you can catch your boy on there catch me on there but these the thing about this is kind of like a podcast but it's called a bumper so it's a bump it's a smaller compacted podcast so basically you're going to get many episodes from me uh i'm gonna try to keep them around 10 minutes you can record up to 12 minutes on this app and you do i think it's 2 to 12 minutes and you record directly into your phone uh the content that you have and you edit it directly from the app so make sure you guys download bumpers because that's the only way that you'll be able to listen to the mini episodes of uh do rags and boat shoes and i think 
on there i am d and b so just look up d and b so it's d ampersand b or it might be do rags and boat shoes just look it up once you see the symbol with the fist y'all know how the fist and the stars look for the podcast uh go ahead and follow me and i will start this weekend putting up uh, one mini episode uh, so it might just be like a small segment, a mini segment of like the summer jam screen or selling hope like dope, or it might even be health over wealth, uh, you know, just giving y'all some positive feedback, but it's going to be uh, just more of me. And uh, just as a thank you to all of the listeners, uh, to the family, I love and appreciate y'all and y'all are all heroes to me, uh, even if you disagree with what I say. Um, you challenge my beliefs or you love what I do I still appreciate you and uh, I thank you so make sure you download the bumpers at B-U-M-P-E-R-S so you're going to get a bump of that work to get you through to the next podcast episode okay thank you alright so moving on to health over wealth you know what I say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth And this quote comes from Mr. James Baldwin, and it says, know from whence you came. If you know whence you came, there are absolutely no limitations to where you can go. So this past weekend, I just celebrated one year of the married life with my lovely wife. And, uh, you know, the first year of marriage, the anniversary gift is paper. So what I got my wife was um, I got her a like a journal uh with a, our wedding picture on the front of it and i just wrote a recap of our first year of marriage and what i love about her so in return what she got me was a was a um um what was it it was a subscription to a slam magazine and then uh she also got me the ancestry dna testing kit which is absolutely amazing so that's why i chose the james baldwin quote so the ancestry dna kit is basically a kit that they send you uh you swab but both sides of your cheeks not your butt cheeks your mouth cheeks inside of your mouth (laughs) and uh so you have to swab for 30 seconds each side uh they give you four swabs uh two for each cheeks and, um, and then you mail it off and then for six to eight weeks they uh you know tell you where did you come from based off of the the dna that you sent them dna samples so this is something that i've always wanted to do uh so many of us uh african americans or black americans whatever you want to call us we really don't know where we come from we know how our ancestors got here Uh, But we don't know what specific region that we come from. And a lot of us are uh, mulattoes, whatever you want to call us, because we're all mixed with something. So uh, I'm very grateful for my wife for getting me this gift. I've been talking about it for like probably the past year of uh, getting the ancestry DNA testing just to see where I come from. uh, Just so in the future, my kids will know, you know, where they come from. You know what I'm saying? Just so my my kids won't be lost in the sauce and so i'll have a better sense of self and you know i will definitely share those results with the family with all of y'all so uh i I would recommend you guys doing it too uh just to know where you come from and uh you know know what your genetic makeup is you know of what uh or country origins and continents that you come from so much love and respect to y'all like i said and not all heroes wear capes 
uh, make sure you download the bumpers app because I will be recording uh, some mini episodes of do rags and boat shoes and I will see y'all pretty soon so pretty soon uh, hopefully this weekend this weekend I will get up in an episode on bumpers and then uh, you know we'll have the regular uh, 10 toes down episode of do rags and boat shoes uh, next Wednesday or Thursday so just depending on how my workload is looking so I'm creating a lot of content and doing some things and trying to get some monetary gains popping for this podcast all right so much love and respect to y'all one